God's grace, his mercy, and his peace are yours from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. 52 days. What would you do with an extra 52 days at the end of your, or for your year? One more day each week. And if you're working eight-hour days on those 52 days, that would be 416 hours extra every year. So if you got paid minimum wage, that would be over $3,000 extra every year that you can earn having one more day on the week, if you so wanted to. Hypothetically, you could, according to the internet, build six cars, assemble six cars in one year. So maybe you could take your car and assemble it, deassemble it, and put it together again with 52 extra days. 52 extra days. If you had 52 extra days, what would you do with it? You could get everything at your house done, all the honey-do lists, all the things that have been waiting to be done, completely done, and give yourself more tasks to do and do some more. If we only had 52 more days to use. 416 hours. That's kind of a long time. I enjoy the thought of that, having more time to do more things. Because maybe if we had more time, then we could actually complete everything, get on top of everything, and actually have a hobby that we actually do, rather than hope we do. But what if someone said to you, rather than taking those 52 days, those 416 hours, and putting them onto your work week, you take them off. Now what? 52 less days, 416 less hours to do the very same things that you're doing now, how would you feel? I think I would feel stressed. I think I would pull my hair out because there are so many things that I'm just trying to get done right now that if I had less time, I, I believe I couldn't get done. There's so many things that are on my list of to do. There's so many work things that I have to complete every single week. There's so many priorities like my family, like the house, like the car, that all needs time. So less time is not any better. I want more time. Well, God gave less time, quote-unquote, to the Israelites. See, when Moses came down from Mount Sinai with Ten Commandments, most of those commandments dealt with how we treat other individuals. The first one, how we we treat God and how we treat his name, and the second one. The, the, The last of the commandments are how we treat our neighbor. So not to to, to lie, not to, to swear, not to murder, not to covet. But but to maintain what they have, their property and business. And then there's the third commandment. It's different than the rest. It's God talking about our time. Not only does he say what we should be doing and we shouldn't be doing, he comes to us and says, you know what, I want to be in your time. I want to control your time. And so I give you this commandment, the third commandment, which is our Old Testament reading for today, Deuteronomy chapter 5. Observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. As the Lord your God has commanded you, 
Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son nor daughter nor your manservant or maidservant, nor your ox or donkey or any of your animals, nor the alien within your gates, so that your manservant and maidservant may rest as you do. A day to stop working. If you think of that from a business side of things, that's not good. Because if you have competition, you want to keep pace with your competition, and so you're going to have to work as much as your competition. And if you have one less day completely where your competition is working, they're going to get ahead of you. Yet God says, don't work. 416 hours is a lot of time. You could get on top of everything in your life with 416 hours, so we think. But here God comes to his his Israelite people, and he gives this command in the desert. He says, do not work on this last day. It doesn't matter if you're just about to break through with getting on top of things or your business. I want you to stop. Stop and do this. Remember that you were slaves in Egypt, and that the Lord your God brought you out of there with a mighty hand and outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God commanded you to observe the Sabbath day. Every week. It's not like Memorial Day, where once a year we remember those who served their country and gave their lives. Every week. Every week there's one day out of your week that you remember. And certainly it was worth remembering. Because the Israelites were slaves in Egypt. They worked so hard for Pharaoh and they they weren't getting anything out of it. They They were captives. Their schedule was Pharaoh's schedule. And Pharaoh was making himself rich on the back of the Israelites. And so when God says to remember, it was an important event to remember. God brought them out of a place where there was no hope for them and their children. They weren't there working on their retirement or working on their homes. They had no financial security. It was not sustainable. And so God said, I'll take you out of there. You're done. He did it with the ten plagues. He terrified the Egyptians. And finally, he terrified Pharaoh that last plague when... The firstborn died. Every firstborn in Egypt. God stretched out his hand and he brought the Israelites out. He destroyed Pharaoh and his army, washing them into the Red Sea. 52 days to sit and remember. Remember. Not just because God wanted them to see how powerful he was, but he wanted them to see something even more important, the rest that he gave them. There was no rest in Egypt. Not one. Not a moment. This shows how God understands sinners like us. 
because he's the engineer. He's the developer. He created us. He, he, he bound us together. He knit us in our, our, our mother's womb. He breathed the breath of life in us, and so he, he understands who we are because he created us. He knows us. We're his creature, and he says this to us. I don't want you to, to think that you're some sort of machine that you can keep on going and working. And I want you to stop and rest first physically. You can't not have rest. You can try. You can push the boundaries, but there's going to be a time where you break down because you're a human being You need rest. Even those in your household, God says, for your Israelites, your manservants, your maidservants, even your sons and daughters, your ox, one day rest. Doesn't matter if the rest of the world keeps on working. And the Israelites probably saw that as their neighboring countries kept on working busy away and maybe they they saw that they were getting ahead in the game Maybe they saw how, how nice their houses were because they had so much time to care for their houses and go on vacation and care for their families. And they probably wondered why these 52 days where I just have to sit. It's because we needed rest. Because God knows who we are. And somehow, sometimes we're tenacious. We don't give up. Where we keep on going and we have this goal in mind, maybe it is our own rest and we work so hard and we won't stop until we get there and one day we'll just kill ourselves trying to do it. We'll find no rest at all. So he gives us a day, he says, stop. For your physical well-being and for your spiritual rest. Because he knows how tenacious we are. That we're so concerned about the future that oftentimes we forget the past where God says, remember. Remember Egypt. At that moment when I took you out of Egypt, I didn't just take you out of this this physical tyranny of of Pharaoh, I gave you something even better because as you look back on Egypt, you look at a God who has given you rest. I have brought you into the land of Canaan to give you rest. I brought you into Jerusalem where there is my temple and in that temple is rest because, because I am your God. And when you are in me, That's rest. What did the Pharisees do, though? In our lesson for today, in in Mark, the gospel lesson, the Pharisees stole away that rest. A time for people to, to sit down and physically rest from their work. The Pharisees made all these rules saying this is what what work is and what it isn't, and you you can't do this and you have to do this, and all of a sudden the Sabbath rest became work. That's why Jesus says man was not made for the Sabbath. Sabbath was made for the man. You're going to notice that same model in you and me.
See, God gave us rest. He said, come to me all who are weary, and I will give you rest. My, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. And yet, what do we do? We put ourselves in slavery to our schedules. Right? We think to ourselves that this is, this is what I must do to somehow earn the rest that I want, earn the vacation, earn, earn enough for my family. This is what I must do. And all of a sudden, we're, we're captive to our own schedules and to the schedules of others. Suddenly, this rest that God promises is us sitting around, not really resting, but on our phones, on our TVs, on our computers, doing all these sorts of things, thinking that this is, this is rest in the way that God intended rest to be, but it's not just the physical rest that he's talking about. He's not talking about just sitting down and taking a load off your feet. There's a, a more great rest that we needed because... We were slaves, not to Egyptians, we were slaves to sin. Captive to sin, whatever sin told us to do, we would do. There's nothing we could do about it. So he says, remember. Remember how I freed you from sin. Remember that in a small child... He came and he worked tirelessly to to unburden us of our own sinfulness and and what steals rest from us. He unburdens us by his love and his grace because as he comes, he takes away the the bonds of sin, giving us life so that we, we live to God and not to our sinful nature. He's unburdened us. He's taken away that, that tenacious need to, to create some sort of rest for ourselves. And he says to us, I give you rest. Here's the rest that you have. That salvation is already yours. The rest I already give to you, it's here and now. He's given rest, he says. What do we do with the rest? You see, we're not like the Old Testament believers, the Israelites. The third commandment doesn't apply to us in the same way it does to them because we're not Jewish people, we're we're Gentiles. And secondly, Christ fulfilled the Old Testament laws. He completely fulfilled command 1 through 10, and even command 3. You see how amazing it is how he brought rest. It's it's no irony that when he died to sin, taking our sins and nailing on the cross, that Sabbath day, Saturday, he rested in the grave. He was in the grave. Showing us that your and my grave is rest. Because sin doesn't follow us into that grave. Sin stopped at the cross. And so in that grave is rest, eternal 
rest because as Christ was in that grave, in that grave, that third day he rose again. Rest, he says. 416 hours. It's a lot of time we could do stuff with. 52 days. That's, we could get a lot done in 52 days. But he calls us and he says, come find my rest. You know what? We, we don't have to come to church. The, the third commandment doesn't command that we come to church on Sundays. In fact, God says, you can worship whenever you want. But when do most people worship? Well, most never worship. He's given us this freedom. We don't have to come to church. We don't have to be here. We don't have to come to this this feast of the land that God lays out in front of us. We don't have to come here. We don't have to to come here to to be with saints who are here on earth and, and up in heaven and sing the praises of God. We don't have to come. We don't have to be here and and sing with the angels and with God and worship with them. We don't have to be here. We don't have to be here to take Why wouldn't we want to be here? We don't have to be here. Why wouldn't we? Because here is where where we take part in the fruits of God's blessings. Here's where he lays out his meal before us and he says, take and eat, this is my body. Here's where he he takes all of our burdens from the week, our busy schedules, and he says, put that aside for just a moment and realize this, I am your God who has freed you from slavery. I can free you from anything in this world. Just come and get rest. Stop burdening yourself with the worries of making sure your life is perfect. Stop being so concerned about your family and that you have to do so much more just to get by. Stop worrying about your your house and your career and your job because here is a rest that does not end. It's rest of Christ. It's a rest knowing that God can give us exactly what we need and will care for us exactly how we need it. doesn't matter if other people are working more, harder, more longer hours than you are. Because it's not work that brings blessings, it's God that brings blessings. Come. Be unburdened. Because here is where you find rest. Here is where we get a glimpse of what true Sabbath rest is in heaven. Maybe it's, it's a very hazy glimpse, but it is a glimpse nonetheless. Nowhere else will you find that. No matter how hard you work, you will not find that. Here God laid out and he said, here it is. It's already yours. Come. This is your true Sabbath rest. That in Christ you have peace with God. In Christ, you have been forgiven. In Christ, every single one of your sins has been taken off your shoulders. 
and put to the cross. In Christ, your grave is not something that is terrifying, but it's rest. From a sinful world that dogs us, pushes us, and wears us down, this is rest. 416 hours. It's a lot of time to sit and remember one event. But as the people did, they saw just how much rest God has given them. 52 days out of the year, a day every week, it seems like a lot. But is it really much at all? After what God has done for us, he's given us Eternal life. Not just 80 years, eternal life. Once a week, sitting and praising God, is that too much? Being nourished by God, is that too much? Be unburdened. Come here, find rest. Amen. Please stand. We continue by confessing our faith with the words of the Apostles' Creed printed for you on page 5 in your bulletin. Confess. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the holy Christian church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen.